Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Two of them this week we recorded. I'm Michael Brandvold. As always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing today, Jay? I'm doing great. We, yeah, we love this stuff. Really great conversations. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, Today's uh, we'll gonna, do it again soon. Today is one of our favorite uh, favorite topics, and we'll get to that in just sure a minute is. or two here. But we've got to show some love to people that show us some love. Thank you to yeah. HypeBot.com and BandsInTown.com for everything you do to support the Music Biz Weekly podcast, and of course to our sponsors, BandZoogle.com. Built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, of course, social media integrations, and amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So Music Biz Weekly Podcast listeners, head over to bandzoogle.com. Try it for free for 30 days and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And discmakers.com, thank you so much for your continued support. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, t-shirts online and at gigs has become an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you could you might roughly need 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs. When you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ, and you'll save up to $150 in shipping. Jay, today's topic. Oh man, you know, we talk about bots and spin farms and trying to game the system and all of these things. It's an ongoing conversation that uh, you and I have. And today we have Dustin Boyer, who is the media director and a partner uh, with Venture Music. And we dig a little bit deeper into this. Uh, Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic fantastic discussion. Everybody needs to listen to this discussion about Spotify bots, basically. Yeah. So let it roll. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Today we're joined by Dustin Boyer, media director and partner in Venture Music. Dustin, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you. Now... I wanted to kind of kick off here. I became aware of you through our mutual friend, uh, Maddie, um, Elise, who's been on the, the show. You wrote a piece that I ran in your morning coffee called How Streaming Bots Are Ruining Careers of Independent Musicians. And it was fantastic. And I highly recommend it for people. But it's something that Mike and I talk about a lot. I think it's under discussed, underreported in the music industry. Um, and those of us that look at the data 
um, frequently. It's not that difficult to uncover. Um, but how did you come about writing that, uh, that piece? So um, there's a little bit of history there. I, I, I've been a manager for 10 years and I've always tried to be, you know, the white hat manager. I, I never really enjoyed black hat tactics when it came to marketing. And uh, I think that over the years, um, as I became more and more uh, enveloped in the playlisting world of Spotify and trying to understand how to get songs tracked on playlists, um, I sort of started encountering the bots just like everybody else over time. Um, so essentially, uh, I, I, last year, I think it was like mid 2019 when Spotify actually first started cracking down on the playlist, not the artists. I decided that I couldn't do third-party playlisting anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't charge for it because there were sort of two problems. There was the botting, of course, but then there was also uh, just the fact that there was no way to do it without uh, paying these playlists. Like that was the only way to really get on there, and that was against Spotify's TOS. But the other right. part of it I saw is that when we would get on a playlist and then discover that I was like, oh, it's botted, uh, it would destroy our algorithm. I mean, it would just, it would just wreck it. You know, we'd be hitting two or 3000 people a week through the algorithm. And then overnight it just dead stopped in the water. Um, and so we abandoned that. I joined venture around the same time that I sort of abandoned that strategy and wanted to focus on more holistic marketing. Uh, and over the last year and a half, as we worked with artists, I must be like 60 or 70% of the artists that we spoke to had some sort of, I mean, big more than that, almost every single artist had an experience where they were accidentally bought it, where they hired a playlisting company to do something. And the playlisting company, sometimes just like I was once unaware of it, they were unaware of it. And so they would come to us, not only needing just like marketing in general, but also like, can you help us fix this? And even last year, we had maybe three or four conversations of artists that had been outright banned from Spotify right before. I mean, this was before this most recent ban where they mm -hmm. got a little bit more aggressive about it. Right. Um, and so I got to this point where I was like, you know, these, these playlisting companies are like whack-a-mole. You know, they, they're definitely like big players that you that are ingrained in the major label system. And that's a whole world of like almost payola gangster, whatever. But then there's also yeah. these like scammy companies that run ads that are telling artists all the time, like, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll get you organic streams, organic marketing. They, they use that term a lot, which is right. funny to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and because it's not organic, it's still paid. You're still paying for it. It's not what organic <laughs> marketing means. But uh, but ultimately, I was like, there's no other way to combat this other than to educate the artist, period. Uh, you have to let everybody know. There has to be... Um, you know, this recognition amongst artists that if you're going to do this, there's a danger there. Uh, and that, that piece, and honestly, I credit it to you, but I think you sharing it helped it. it basically, if you Google Spotify bots, it is the first thing that pops up, which okay. I love. Because if anybody's concerned about botting, they're going to see uh, that article where it's like, it will literally ruin your career. <laughs> so I, I really, I, I appreciate that because I think the sure. traffic that you sent that way helped that along. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I think Maddie and I have been on the same page where we just aggressively are like on this um, mission to just take these guys down and just help artists understand that it's not the way to go. D Dustin, do you, do you think part of the, part of the 
issue here, because again, Jay and I have been preaching against bots, not just Spotify bots, but Instagram bots and YouTube mm -hmm. bots. I mean, you know, we, we, we can see the, the, the evolution of bots from every social network that pops up and is the hottest thing and it moves on to the next one. But it seems to me part of the issue here is, is twofold. One, you can tell artists this, but at the end of the day, so many artists, and we're not talking just the small unknown indies, but a lot of big artists are looking for that quick solution. I need the quick answer. I need the quick way to get to a million streams. And they, they, they buy into a sales pitch, not realizing maybe it is all bots. But then the, the other side of this is, do you think the real way that this is going to get solved is for Spotify to actually step up and become more aggressive like they were just doing over the past few weeks where everybody's up in arms about all these streams that are starting to disappear? To me, I feel like Spotify can make the artist feel this more than the three of us can every week talking about it and educating about it. It's going to take Spotify aggressively going, yeah, we are shutting you down. We're shutting your profile down if we discover bots. And, you know, is that what it's going to take? Well, so it's scary it's, because it's, I'm sorry to cut you off, Justin. I no, just no, go ahead, go really ahead. quickly that it's scary because you can do it without knowing you're doing it. You can do it without doing it intentionally. I had one of my artists perfectly innocently hired this publicist. And as publicists are trying to be more competitive, they're saying, well, not only do we do publicity, but we can help you with playlist placement, right? That always throws up a red flag. But this publicist incorporated some of these services to make their publicity firm more uh, attractive, attractive, I guess. And the artist had nothing to do with it. They, they just hired a publicist. And so some people, I guess, are falling into this trap inadvertently. And so I, I'd love for you to answer, you know, uh, Michael's question, but I just like to add to it. Could it be something as simple as getting rid of the stream count on Spotify? So there's not that, that push uh, to jack up those numbers. Um, well, to answer the first question, you know, I think that the move that Spotify most recently made is absolutely the right one. In fact, um, you know, when I wrote that that piece that you shared last year, we were working with uh, the great people down at Shorefire, and they they actually really thought it was really interesting to send to uh, a bigger outlet like um, Billboard, Rolling Stone, whatever. And they're like, "There's something here." And I remember saying to them, and I was like, "Yeah, but I think that until." Spotify does something drastic that gets a lot of people's attention, they're not going to be interested. And that's exactly what happened. And literally when the, uh, when the Spotify crackdown happened, uh, one of those big outlets reached out directly to me and started working on a piece around it. Because I think that that noise, it's, it's damaging to the artists yeah. for sure. Like there are artists that got caught up in this and there's probably artists that didn't even bought at all. Like um, we've been hearing rumors that like basically a lot of the botting was going through a VPN in Buffalo, New York, and that local Buffalo, New York artists were swept up uh, because they had like sort of, you know, large data coming out of Buffalo, New York, but they're local to that area. Um, 
so you know but but the thing is is that it just if it didn't happen that way it would be whack-a-mole forever like i literally report these companies to a contact at spotify all the time and then he goes after those playlists so mm-hmm. it, it, and he's just been like man for the last year it's just whack-a-mole like i, I take yeah. one out and another one pops up that's right but this is like the search. So uh, that article I wrote, the since artists got banned, it's been getting like two thousand reads a day because I think now artists are googling, like you know, Spotify bots. Like they're trying to understand it, and that's what we needed. Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely and it's unfortunate it came to that, but that's all. You know, those artists are going to be better even in the long run as long as they're not permanently banned for Spotify. That's the one thing that I don't think Spotify should do. I don't think they should permanently ban any artist forever, unless there's something egregious. Maybe know, it's a three strikes thing or something. I don't know. Yeah, like YouTube does. Um, but, uh, you know, and as far as the stream count goes, look, I personally, like, I, I'm a data guy. I enjoy watching those stream counts, but I do think it's damaging. Like, it feels very... Um, I don't know, useless to the consumer. It, it, it really feels like it's there to help get artists more involved in market and labels marketing to Spotify. That, that they've 100%. done a percent. And that's unfortunate because it's not really the point, but at the same time, I kind of understand it from Spotify's perspective and I don't really blame them and I don't think it's going anywhere. But, you know, yeah, even I like the, the old... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Jay, real quick, you know, and to your, your, your question, Jay, if they, re- I would imagine if they remove the stream count, they're only removing it on the public facing end. Yeah. You're, not Spotify you, for you, artists. In Spotify for artists, you're still going to be able to go in there and see your stream counts. So to some extent, you're still playing for the stream counts. You're still marketing to the stream counts. If you're an artist, um, you know, yeah. The, the fan can't see what's the most popular track anymore, but you, the artist, will still be able to. Um, it, you know, we, we say this all the time. This is evolving so fast. I mean, daily, weekly, things are changing here. And, and what we've especially seen in the Spotify world, almost more than anywhere else, is people who are trying to figure out how to game the system. That's what they're trying to do. These, these whack-a-mole pop-up promoters, playlist promoters are just like, okay, what can I game this week? Oh, Spotify shut that down, but we're going to find the next loophole and get in there. And it's just a constant battle of well, shutting you know, it, down all these backdoor issues, basically. It reminds me of when I was a kid and the scam was that you would pay people to be put on uh, compilation discs that were sent to record labels. You know, these people, they're, and they're mostly from outside the industry, they just smell money. And the easiest way to get money is to prey on people's dreams. And so you're right, it, it'll never go away. Like there'll always be something that these people are working on to scam artists out of their money. And that's why to me, it's always like an educational thing. It's, it's having the documents and the, the information out there that you know, if they Google it, they can find something. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you that there's a bigger problem. And this person I spoke to at this big outlet is doing a piece on this where uh, a lot of this is fueled by major labels. Um, and I don't want to be too controversial here, but what's happening is that for major labels, there actually really is a value to bots because it can push their artists into charting. 
You know, they, the bots don't damage their algorithm. The bot, all they do is just help boost the numbers enough to beat out, you know, whoever's above them in the charts. But what's happening, and we've seen this in real time, is that those people that are working, like whatever artist at a major label, are turning around and talking to independent artists and saying, like, oh, I just worked with, you know, this big, I'm not going to name names because yeah, obviously I don't even know, but, um, you know, I worked with this artist, like they're, you know, number one on the charts, like, don't you want to work with me? And so it adds this credibility and they're not lying. They really did, but it adds this credibility immediately to the independent artists where they don't even question it. And yeah. so they say, yes. And I've worked with these artists who have come out the other end where their whole accounts are just bought it because that's yeah. all that person knows how to do. So they'll take 10 grand from this person, bought their account to a million, the account will get shut down. And then I'm getting a phone call. Like is, I heard that you, you are a crusader against bots. Yeah. Can you help me? Can you help me clean like, up this mess? Just, yeah. D D Dustin, to, to that point, what are some questions an artist could ask the publicist, the, 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 the playlist promoter to maybe try and dig a little deeper to see what's going on. Because as you said, a lot of them will just be pitched and go, oh, we don't use bots. We're 100% organic. Well, how can, what can you ask to dig a little deeper and maybe force them to turn their hand a little bit and give you a little insight as to what they're doing? So there, there are answers to that question, but I want to preface it, and, and this is, we put this out last week, where there, it's so difficult, and you have to know so much about the data, that we're outright saying, if they do third-party playlist pitching, don't hire them. You're always going to be better off, because even economically, if that, let's say everything they are doing is 100% real, they're not paying to have you be on playlists. The playlists have been so, there's this feedback loop where the playlists are so degraded. There are no more good organic playlists left, or at least not enough that somebody can go out and pitch you to them and really get value out of it. There's no way to do it without buying. And that, that's, that's the conclusion that we came to. So we're, we, we're at a, we've been whispering this forever, like don't hire third-party players and companies. Now we're just outright saying it and we got a lot of backlash for it. I have friends sure. who still attempt to do it. Um, I did it for years. Yeah. And, but to me, there's no, I stopped because there was no path. Um, yeah. But that that said, if you if you're still hell bent on finding the right person, I think that the questions that you need to ask first is what are the play? Can you show me some examples, like five examples of playlists that you have relationships with? Um, if they refuse to do that, they're like, oh, it's you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Like, done immediately, like no. But um, even if they share, like they could be like, oh, this playlist is great, and not even know that it's botted. Um, you can get, and this is what I mean about knowing a little bit about the data. You can get on chartmetric.io uh, and look up those playlists and generally kind of see some shenanigans. You know, there's generally like very odd spikes in followership that yeah. don't make any sense where you'll have 30,000 people following the playlist. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have 80,000 within a week. That, that doesn't make any sense. Even ads can't perform that well. Um, the other things that you can do is that you can look at some of the artists on the playlist that they share. And if it's majority completely unknown acts, and then you go and see that majority of their streams are coming from these playlists, it's, it's likely, well, one, even if it's real, like on the off chance that it's real, 
you don't even want to be associated algorithmically with that. It's going to gunk up everything. So, and that's the thing, like even when it's real, these playlists, they're so damaging from an algorithmic perspective that it's not even worth it. it there's no value to it. Yeah. Um, but it's really all about the playlist. Like you got to ask for the playlist and dig into what they are. And if you see anything weird, you just got to bow out. Yeah. The problem is, you know, in the words of Todd Snyder, everybody wants the most they can possibly get for the least they can possibly do. And they're looking for that silver bullet. And a lot of them are coming from this old school mentality, like, okay, with radio, streaming is like radio. We'll hire a promotion person and pay that person. And we're going to get on these playlists. But I think the part that people misunderstand, and one of the things that you pointed out in your article and something we talked about with Maddie on, on this podcast is it's not so innocent anymore. It can cause real damage to, you know, at least it'll screw up your algorithm and that's going to mess with uh, how you are listened to on the platform. At worst, it can get your music or you as an artist pulled down. And clearly we've been seeing more and more of that lately. So there are definitely dangers involved in it. And I think it comes from generally a, a laziness of checking the box on a marketing plan and not wanting to do the work. Um, but I'd, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about doesn't doesn't venture music do some type of playlist outreach and are there other places you know we've talked to places like submit hub which sometimes you know can work fairly well depending on what kind of artist you are but again to your point is it just too far gone now that these types of owned networks maybe aren't the way to go well you know to, to... In my, my belief is that there is a place for playlists in a marketing structure. And I think you're right that, um, you know, playlists are not a marketing plan. Uh, and people who go after playlists uh, to get their music out there, they're not thinking that it is. I, th I think it's a, a bit disingenuous to say that. I think that they're just trying to figure it out. Marketing is hard, especially music. And so it seems like, well, I, if I get on a playlist and I get streamed and it's great. Um, but, uh, you know, the way we think about playlists is sort of, of an avenue to inform Spotify's algorithm. Like the way that we utilize it is that we'll like build a playlist individual playlists for each client. And we actually dig through, um, if, I'm sure you've heard of everynoise.com, I love that website. But it's, you know, it's based off of Spotify's API. And it actually shows the genres that Spotify categorizes. So we choose two genres, build a playlist out of it. We make sure that the popularity score algorithmically it lines up with what we want to accomplish. And we feed ads to it and we treat it as a standalone brand and we give it to the artist. And we're like, here's your playlist. And it has followers. And, and to me, that is amazing. Cause not only do you have like a playlist where people can see that you own it, you're associated with it. You're building this sort of credibility, even as just a tastemaker, but we're yeah. leveraging ads to inform the algorithm and have more impact in honestly more expensive markets. Um, so to me, that that's a strategy, and there's many other that where playlists make total sense. Um, but we don't 
we don't, we no longer pitch to, well, I want to say we, we don't pitch. We don't pitch at all. We do have relationships with like Cloud Kid or Trap Nation or like other outlets where we know mm-hmm. the playlists are real because they're real organizations where, you know, we'll, we'll trade here and there if it makes sense. Um, but we don't even have it as like an, an active objective of any of our campaigns because it's so much work and it's not really worth the outcome. Um, but, uh, oh shoot, what was your other question though? The, you asked, um, gosh, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> the last question. <laughs> you, you had followed it up with something and uh, it was, it was, it was good. And now I, now I can't quite well, remember. I, I, I love what you're, you're talking about. And I'm glad that that article is getting uh, broader, um, reach. And, you know, I know that, you know, like I said, we had Maddie uh, on the, on the show to talk about it. And it's something that we're going to be talking about. Um, a lot more because again, people, they're looking for that silver bullet. And you had mentioned a playlist is not a marketing plan. I did a a panel at music business association last week or last year called a playlist is not a marketing plan. And we had some folks on there like Larry Matera, who's now over at Capitol was the GM over at uh, Warner brothers records at the time. And he was letting us know about some stats that I thought were really interesting. One was that, you know, less than 25% of his spins there at Warner Brothers at the time were coming from uh, these curated playlists. And it was like 10%, you know, on the Apple side. I think you touched on something that I'd love to have you expand on a little bit. And that is that, yeah, playlists are important. It's, it's, it's good and it can help you reach an audience. But man, there's got to be a broader plan surrounding a release and an artist. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's always the struggle, especially with people who have money to spend and they understand, you know, they hire you know, a company like us and they want to reach as many people as possible. But there is a moment in every part of that process. If you're like, let's say you're a completely unknown band, you know, you add fuel to the fire and people are discovering your music and we're getting it. But, you know, there's this, there's a next step. And that next step is the hardest one. And it it's because it honestly requires the most work. And I think a lot of artists, not only they're, you know, artists, we're all insecure and artists are especially insecure. I think that there's a fear. <laughs> I think there's this fear of rejection. You know, when, when I, I've been working with this one artist for about a year and a half and he's amazing. Like he's been putting out amazing content for every single month uh, through last year. And we just sort of had this come to Jesus with him where all of his content is very high level music videos, highly produced, but this ground level sort of interaction and engagement with fans wasn't there. And it's just because he, he loves the mystique that worked like in the nineties and early 2000s. He loves that. Like, you know, like who is this guy? But I told him, I was like, but that's not, that doesn't work any longer. Like that's not what consumers want. Um, they, and honestly, like they don't even want to commit to three minutes to watching your video unless they can commit 15 seconds to understand who you are because time is the value here, not money. People have money to spend, but they don't have time. Um, So for us, what we try to do is once we initially 
put that fuel to the fire, we have engagers and we have people that are sort of interested, we say, okay, now how can we develop content for the artist and help them sort of bridge this gap where you've never heard about me, you watch this 15 second video, but have you seen my three minute music video? And then how can I connect with you? Like, do you want to text me? Can we have a conversation? Those are the things that we see work over and over again. Uh, and even artists where the music goes viral on its own, it does stagnate without that. Like there, there is a ceiling. We have another artist out of France, amazing. And, but he doesn't really want to do those things. He refuses to, and that's fine. Um, actually, that's not fair. The artist isn't real. The artist is came from somebody's imagination. So he doesn't exist. That's, I say okay. he doesn't want to, he doesn't actually exist. I, I think there's a, there could be a plan, but um, I think at the end of the day, what it's about is that he has hit enormous numbers, but it's stagnant. And without that community building aspect, that's where it's probably gonna stay. So Dustin, tell me a little bit more, oh, go ahead, Mike. I was just gonna say just real quick. I mean, back to what Spotify can do and, and uh, you know, this was a comment uh, on on a Facebook group that I was in where does Spotify need to just give us artists, users, industry people an easier way to report offenses, playlists, playlisters, ma mainly playlists like, you know, w w w without even pitching, I'm constantly getting a playlist sending me, oh, hey, we'll get you in our playlist and, you know, $50, $50 or $100 or however many spins you want. You know, sure, we can go find an email address of somebody at Spotify and send it there and hope something happens. But boy, wouldn't it be more helpful if there was a report button somewhere, a mechanism to actually report people, playlists that are out there asking for money so from what i've learned because i i do have relationships there and i do report just but obviously that's special like that's right. that's not something everybody can do but from doing that like this guy's role his role is not to tackle botting. his role is like in the marketing world and he's just flat out been like you know individually internally in spotify there are people like him who are um motivated to they help care. but there's no structure within Spotify, whether purposeful or not, I'm not sure, but there's no structure uh, to, to do any of these things. There's nobody in charge of it other than people at the top sort of trying to figure it out. Uh, but I also think that Spotify, the reason they tread so carefully is because the botting actually gives, it, it puts them in a precarious place because they offer advertising and have that advertising is affected by the bots. And as soon as anybody gets whiff of them admitting that it's a real problem, I think they're just going to get sued like crazy. Like I've advertised on Spotify. How many of my click-throughs have been bots and not real? Yeah. Um, yep. And I think that that is something that they're, they're attempting to avoid as well, which is probably why we'll never see like, oh, report botting. Not to mention people will abuse it. Like our playlist, there's actually a way to report playlists, by the way but not for botting, it's for copyright infringement. Specifically, only the album art or the playlist art on the, uh, the playlist. So essentially what a lot of these botters do is if they see a successful playlist growing, they'll report it so it gets taken down and then they'll copy it and then try to um, take over that success That's through great. SEO advertising. Yep. Um, 
and we it happens all the time to us like we're just we we have a constant back and forth with spotify we're like challenge this challenge that because anybody can do it and i i think you probably get the same thing right like there's going to be people who abuse this system always always will be always will be but you know i i think i think you you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said internally within spotify they just don't have a system even in place. A de- there's not even a department. There isn't a team. It's just. But people- can you imagine how big that would have to be? I mean, there's like fifty-five thousand tracks a day going up. You know, the it's just massive. Well, there. It, it it's it's the equivalent to what Facebook, Twitter, any social network has YouTube. to do when when you report content, it goes into some queue somewhere, and you know. I'm assuming Facebook's largest group of employees are content moderators sitting in a, you know, all these content farms in India and in Philippines and wherever else, just looking at that photo going, well, is that offensive or is that not offensive? And I'm going to make the call and that's it. I mean, that's a huge investment, yeah. and a huge infrastructure to build out. But, I, but, but, but to that point, until you start doing something, it's going to be very easy for people to game the system. Yeah, and I think that this is step one for them. I There's no doubt if they, making such a big move like this probably has a multifaceted structure to it. Uh, they're, they're smart people and, and they eventually had to do something. So I would anticipate something coming down the line where it's more bands or I, I don't really know, to be honest with you, yeah. uh, maybe you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but man, I can tell you that like uh, major uh, publicity outlets are, are interested in this. And, you know, some of the guys that we're talking to, it's just sort of like, they're about to come down, like say some, they have some information, like that's really bad for some people. And so yeah. I think it's going to evolve based off of whatever happens there too. Yeah. This last shot across the bow sure got some people's attention uh, yes, for sure. Big time. Um, before we run out of time, I want to make sure, I, I want to ask you a little bit about venture music. Um, I was checking out your website. Looks like you've got an awesome team there. Can talk a little bit about what, what venture music is all about and your role there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm one of uh, three partners. We, the company actually has existed for about seven years, but majority of its life was actually a management company uh, founded and headed by um, Chris Nardone, who worked with uh, um, American Aquarium and Delta Saints and Moon Taxi. And um, a couple of years ago, he probably, like a lot of managers, sort of came to the realization that being a manager is kind of insane. Like, it's just a lot of risk. No. And um, he had this thought process of like, I want to be a marketing company because that's the part he enjoyed of being a manager. And uh, I had the same thought at the same time. We've been friends for years. Uh, we would talk about it and, and you know, he brought me on board. I already had a slew of 10 or 15 clients. And so we sort of like combined forces. I didn't have a company name. It was just Dustin me doing the thing. Um, <laughs> and since then, our whole ethos has been about holistic marketing, top down, no a la carte services, no one size fits all. Let's take a look at this artist and let's see where they are in the content or not the fan engagement funnel. Are they just trying to get their name in front of people? Do they have engagers, but they don't know what to do with them? I mean, it's, it's, it's great because when you look at it that way, you find these opportunities in the fan base that I think sometimes the artist or the manager is too close to realize. And uh, I'll give you an example. We worked with 
um, a client uh, last year that has already done so much and had a fan base. And we sort of just were asking the questions about their merchandising and how they're marketing it. And uh, we just improved it and it just started printing money for them because they just never really tackled it. And so to us, that that is the fun part, like to, to, yeah. to take a look at it and be like, where are the opportunities? Um, you know, I think it's a struggle to be in marketing for musicians though, because when they're young, it's always a loss leader. It's always like, you know, it takes a while to start creating like true ROI on um, an artist brand. Uh, but even then, you know, it's so rewarding to work with an artist and, you know, even the, the bigger successes that we have where they're not doing anything, but then, you know, by the end of our campaign, they're at a million or 2 million streams and they have a fan base that they can really start capitalizing on. That's the kind of thing that we love to do is, is just get the artist to that next level that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, we could talk to you all day long. Uh, I, I love this stuff so much and it's so helpful for people. Tell us where people can find you if you'd like and how they can learn more about venture music. Yeah, just go to venturemusic.com. Um, I would say that if you go to our blog section, we have some pretty extensive uh, articles on marketing as a whole. Not all of it's just about the, the corrupt play, uh, Spotify playlisting and box. Uh, it's also about like, you know, how to run ads for your music or, you know, even what to buy an artist for Christmas. So we run the gambit and, um, you know, I, I, we, we just really want to help artists. Yeah. Well, listen, Dustin, uh, much success to you. I hope you'll come back and join us again and continue the conversation, but keep up the great work. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you, Dustin. Thank, thank, thank you for putting the spotlight on a topic that is, 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 uh, is a touchy topic that a lot of people don't want to discuss. I'll say that like we're already, we're already at the point where the cease and desist letters from these botters are coming in weekly. So we're, we're, we're already in trouble. So as, as more comes out, if you guys want to do a follow-up, I'm always down for that. Would, would love to, but you know the old line, if they're shooting at you, you must be doing something right. I feel good. Every time I get one, I'm like, yeah, we're doing the right thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take, take that cease and desist letter and send it to your contact at Spotify and go, here's another one to shut down. This trip, well, you know what's funny is they don't actually they they keep it vague. They don't associate their business with it, I, which is, I think is funny. It's oh, all threats, right? It's not yeah, real. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so you much. Get Dustin. off my lawn. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks again, take, Dustin. Take care. Man. Great seeing you. Discmakers.com. Use code FreeBiz for ground shipping on CD orders of a hundred units or more, a hundred and fifty dollar value. Uh, you know, Jay, it goes without saying, you and I love discussions uh, on this sort of topic. Now, Absolutely. whether it's Spotify, bots, gaming yep. system, I mean, we've talked about it for years and years and years, yeah. whether it's buying a Facebook like, a Twitter follower, YouTube streams, SoundCloud. Do it. It's all exactly the same concept. It's just applied to a different website. Mm -hmm. It's That's right. And we're going to keep talking about it too, because it's yeah. evolving, it's changing, it's becoming a, a bigger deal than even we imagined. Um, there are a lot of people involved in this and we're going to keep shining a but, light well, on you it. You know, the, the, the fallout is becoming greater. You know, you might sit here and go, well, two years ago, it wasn't a big deal. And, uh, right. It, nothing was happening. But if you follow what's going on in music news last week, 
became quite a story when people woke up and were like, holy crap, Spotify is removing, what did they call, they didn't call them bots, artificial artificial yeah. streams and, or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. And they weren't legitimate streams. And yeah. there were some reports that set up to 750,000 tracks and it was misreported initially that it was all through DistroKid, which it was not. Um, and so they got kind of the bad rap there, but the bottom line is it's harmful on so many different levels. And I really enjoyed, you know, having Dustin on to kind of talk through it and you know the work that he's doing and that Maddie's doing and that we're doing, we're just gonna continue this uh, crusade because it needs to be discussed. Gotta, gotta, gotta to keep talking it. about it. As Dustin said, you gotta, get, you gotta get educated on this. Mm -hmm. You really Absolutely. do. There, there flat out is no quick answer. You, you know, you, $10,000 isn't buying you the top of the charts. It's not buying you success. $100,000 isn't, it's work. It's going to take time. It's going to take a plan. It's going to take a strategy. It's going to That's take right. a team. Yep. Y you know. And there's no substitute for real engagement. Yep. Getting a chart position, getting some numbers jacked up, whether you're caught or not, that's not real. And that's not going to put butts in the seats. That's not going to get people to buy your merch. It's not going to, you know, get sales streams and downloads for you that are legitimate. And it's not real engagement. So resist the urge. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So uh, before we wrap up here, quick shout out. Thank you to Bruce and Hypebot. Thank you to Bands in Town, um, which speaking of which, we should probably get somebody from Bands in Town on. To yeah, some their, big developments their, there. Their, their, yeah, their that's a good idea. What is it? Bands in Town Plus? Yep. They're, they're streaming last week. Service. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, Bandzoogle and DiscMakers.com. Thank you so much. If you are watching or listening on YouTube, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, follow us and subscribe on iTunes if that's your preferred destination. Of course, you can find us everywhere. You can find podcasts mm -hmm. out there. Uh, that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We'll see everybody next week.